It is my joy and my privilege to be able to open up God's Word with you this morning. Thank you for this opportunity and for your attention. Um, it's a great honor, and I pray that God will bless our time this morning. If you would, go ahead and turn to Ma uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 21 through 34. And as you're turning there, uh, I hope that you start to begin to think about, or I'm going to ask that you begin to think about a scavenger hunt. Uh, my parents, about the time I was in my mid-teens, thought it would be really cool to do some scavenger hunts for my birthday. And as you know, scavenger hunts are really exciting because you don't have all the details of the path from the beginning. You have to find clues, and on each step as you progress along, more and more is being revealed to you, and the anticipation grows for the certain reward that is at the end. And for me, uh, that reward, if I remember correctly, was a BB gun. And I was really excited about that reward. And these parables today are much like a scavenger hunt. We aren't told all the explicit details of what's going on here, but we are told enough to carry us along on the next stage of our journey. And God's kingdom is much, is much like this. It's very much like a scavenger hunt. And often in our journey, we, get, we, lose, we lose hope and we lose confidence as we progress along. And His kingdom is often not explicit. His announcements, His ways are not, often not clear to us in large pronouncements. But we have to look at the clues and carry us along from each stage, from one step to the next step. And it doesn't always make sense to us. And we lose hope. And we forget that there's a reward at the end, that there's a present, just like I was looking forward to that present at the end of my scavenger hunt. And as disciples, we can be confident, though, in God's kingdom. And how can we be confident in God's kingdom? We can be confident in God's kingdom. We will look at in three ways today. First, the kingdom is being revealed the kingdom has guaranteed results, and the kingdom has cosmic rewards. This is how we as disciples can be confident in the kingdom of God. Let's pray together before we get started. Father, I uh, come to you now, Lord, and I ask that you would incline my heart and incline our heart to your testimonies, God, and not to selfish gain. Would you open our eyes to see the wonders of your truths? Would you unite our divided hearts, Lord, to fear your name? And would you satisfy us this morning? Would you use your servant? And in your name, I pray. Amen. This block of teaching is right in the middle of a narrative. And so what's going on here is Jesus, through the Gospel of Mark, has been proclaiming the kingdom. He's been displaying the kingdom. But now in this chunk of, of, uh, exp this chunk of, um, of text, in these parables, he is explaining the kingdom. There's been such a varied response, as Blake explained to us last week, of the kingdom of God. And that response is dependent upon how you're ready to receive the gospel. 
And Jesus, he wants everyone to receive the gospel. He desires that everyone would come to repentance, that everyone would come to him. And so these parables are to that aim. They are to that end. And today's parables remind us that the kingdom is often hidden, but always certain. The kingdom of God is being revealed with guaranteed results and cosmic rewards. With guaranteed results and cosmic rewards. Let's take a look at the text first in verse 21 through 25, where we will find that the kingdom is being revealed. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has more, more will be given, and for the one who has not, even what was will be taken away. We know that Jesus in the scriptures is depicted as the light. And in fact, in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And in Luke's gospel, this parable is also, this, this parable is also in Luke's gospel. And there, the point that Luke is making is that Jesus is the light. And we also find this parable in Matthew's gospel. And the point there is that the disciples are the light as they display his uh, a display and declare God's kingdom in the world. But in this parable in Luke, it includes both Jesus and the disciples because the, um, the thing that is being revealed here is the knowledge of the kingdom of God. That is the light that is being revealed here. And the knowledge of the kingdom of God is that Jesus is the one and only universal king and that his disciples are being, they are the, his kingdom, his universal kingdom is being explained to his disciples and being displayed through his disciples. That is the knowledge of the kingdom that's being displayed here. And the light or knowledge is purposefully hidden, but only for a time. This is not the kind of hiding that you never want to be found. This is the type of hiding like a scavenger hunt that you actually want the next stage to be found. That's what's happening here. God actually wants to reveal the light. He wants to reveal this knowledge. So he is purposefully for a time hiding it so that it might be revealed. And so we are in, this is how God's kingdom works. We're in a period where there is much hiddenness. There is much obscurity to how God's kingdom is working in our life and in the world. But we can be confident in the process that his kingdom is being revealed. And as the kingdom is being revealed, we have the opportunity to respond. The text says, if you have ears to hear, then hear and pay attention to what you hear. There's a hearing that is effective and a hearing that is ineffective. We all know this. It goes in one ear and out the other. So what's happening here is he is asking them to respond and if you're seeing and if you're hearing and understanding this revelation, then you will be responding with confidence. You will respond with confidence by holding out your basket and emptying your basket. 
the, the basket here or measure is being filled with the kingdom of God. As it's revealed more and more, the way of the kingdom is what is in the basket. Excuse me, my Bible. <laughs> there we go. The kingdom of God is what's in this basket. The wisdom of God, the treasures of God. The, way, the ways of following God. Many of our children have been learning about this in their ways, uh, in, the, in, the, um, in their study the way of the wise class. And this basket is not only being used to be filled with the kingdom of God, but by the very nature of the kingdom, it is being used to distribute the kingdom. Just like the light is not made to be hidden, the basket is not only made to be filled, but it's made to be emptied. This is what some call the upside down kingdom. Those who empty themselves will be filled. The people who give the most will have the most. Those who die will live. This is a foundational principle of God's kingdom. And this is how King Jesus himself lived his life. God designed the kingdom and designed us to be continually receiving from him so that we can continually give. We join God in his generous self-sacrificing work and become like him when we give ourselves away, what you get is not the goal. The goal in this parable is not to think about what is being poured into the basket, but the goal is that the basket is being poured out, that you become like God as you receive from him and then pour out to other people. God has designed the kingdom that our baskets are not full with the pursuits of the things of this life, like status, pleasure, money, success. They never satisfy. If you aim at these things, in the end, your basket will be empty. Those who try to fill themselves will be empty. Those who try to take and keep will have nothing. This quote is summarized, or I'm sorry, this principle is summarized well by C.S. Lewis at the end of Mere Christianity, and I would love to read that to you now. The principle runs through all life from top to bottom. Give up yourself and you will find real self. Lose your life and you will save it. Submit to death, death of your ambitions and favorite wishes every day and death of your whole body in the end. Submit with every fiber of your being and you will find eternal life. Keep back nothing. Nothing that you have not given away will really be yours. Nothing, nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ and you will find him and with him everything else thrown in. Brothers and sisters, we can be confident in the kingdom of God because it is being revealed. We can respond by being a part of the revealing despite how backwards or upside down it might seem because our confidence is in the King Jesus who has displayed this for us. And I challenge you to live this type of way in your life and just see what happens. This kingdom is being revealed and this kingdom has guaranteed results. 
Let's look at verse 25 through 29. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And we should look at this parable and not try to dissect every single detail of this parable. The main point of this parable is that there is a guaranteed harvest. And in fact, the subject of this parable changes from the man to the seed to the ground and then back to the man. And again, the point is that there is a harvest coming at the end. And this seems, this seems unusual that in, in that the, the, the gardener seems uninvolved in this process. And if you know anything about gardening, this is not the case. It's a very involved process, sometimes daily attention to your plants and to your garden. But the point that Jesus is trying to make here, his audience would have been clear to understand because it would have been shocking to them as well that the gardener is doing nothing. He plants the seed and then it grows and then he harvests it. There's nothing happening in between that is, that is pertaining to the gardener. Our understanding here is limited. The harvest does not depend on your effort or your knowledge. The text here reads, he knows not how. There's a lack of understanding most of us don't know all the complex scientific details of how a seed grows into a plant. Often when seeds are sown, there's little to show and the observer might think there's nothing. This is true of life. There's a major lack of understanding about how it all works. We do not have all the details and understand why things happen. We don't know the details of how God is working. Our understanding is limited. If we trust our own logic, we would get lost in this scavenger hunt. Look in the wrong places for revelation and fill our baskets with the wrong things. The text also reads, the earth produces by itself. The parable, the farmer has no active part other than to sow the seed and harvest it. The farmer's trusting that between the earth and the seed, they know what to do. This is like the kingdom of God. We have the opportunity to plant the seed by declaring and displaying the kingdom to the people around us and in our own lives. God, in His way and in His timing, brings the growth. The kingdom coming and being revealed does not depend on our effort. Now, does that mean we do nothing? No, it's obvious the farmer would have been doing something here. But the point is that it doesn't depend on us. It doesn't depend on our effort. The seed and the ground knew what to do in this parable. And God knows what to do. It's our job to display and declare the kingdom, to plant the seeds. And the harvest is guaranteed to come. And the gospel message is like this seed. And it holds everything that is needed to grow to its full growth. James chapter 5, verse 7 through 8 say, Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. 
You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord is coming near. Brothers and sisters, your response is to continue to plant the seeds in your life and those around you and then trust God for the harvest. The harvest that is being revealed has guaranteed results and has cosmic rewards. Let's take a look at verse 30 through 34. And he said, with what can be compared the kingdom of God or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nest in its shade. The mustard seed is not much bigger than a poppy seed, but it grows in one season. In one season, it grows to be nine feet tall. In one season. And the point of this parable is to show that there is seemingly an insignificant beginning compared to the final size. And when the seed is sown, when we pay attention to God's ways and to God's kingdom and we fill our basket and we pour our basket out in service to Him and service to the people around us, His kingdom will grow in our lives. We will reap the rewards. And I want you to just pause for a moment and think about your own life. Think about all the ways that the gospel has influenced your own life in the smallest details of decisions on a daily basis, how you manage your um, household, how you love and serve your children, your marriage, the larger decisions in life. There are so many things in life that have been affected by the gospel. And I would even say this church, this church has been affected by the gospel. The seeds were planted here. I got to meet this week with Locke and Greta Kincabe and visit with them a little bit. And I was reminded many years ago how North Cary, many of those members were here and were praying for you, were praying for me. They were praying for a harvest. They were obedient to God. And look, it's here. This is it. Their prayers were answered. But what's happening in this parable is more than just what's happening in your life. And it's more than just what's happening here at Harvest Church. What's happening in this parable is, has a cosmic scope. There are cosmic rewards going on here. And you, you might be wondering, well, how, how do you get that, Matthew? It just, it's talking about a mustard seed growing to a tree. Well, let me read to you two texts from the Old Testament that allude to what is happening here. This comes from Daniel chapter 4, verse 10 through 12. And what a beautiful uh, vision this is. The vision of my head as I lay in bed was this. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong, and its top reached the heavens, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and in it food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the heavens lived in its branches, and all flesh was fed by it. And then Ezekiel chapter 31 verse 6 says, All the birds of the heavens made the nest in its booths, under its branches. All the beasts of the field gave birth to their young, and under its shadow lived all great nations. This is what many theologians call the one world, the world great tree. 
the great tree of the world. This is a kingdom that stretches from earth to heaven. This is a kingdom that stretches across the globe. And this is a kingdom that invites everyone to come find shelter underneath it. This is God's kingdom. This is His kingdom that stretches from heaven to earth, that connects man with God and stretches across the globe to cover every ethnic group and every nation. And He is inviting everyone to come find shelter under His tree. And you might ask, well, how is God doing this? How can God do this? How can we have confidence in this that you're picturing for us, that you're explaining to us? The confidence that you have is in King Jesus, the cosmic king of the universe who came to die on a tree. Yes, this king came and lived this principle out in his life and gave himself on a tree. The cross is made of wood and many times in scripture it is described as a tree. Our king died on a tree. He came and emptied himself. He came and gave up his power to be weak. He gave up his esteem to be rejected. He emptied himself to become nothing. He exemplified the kingdom for us, and He secured the kingdom for us. And we can have confidence in this kingdom because when we look at this tree, when we look at the cross, we know that because of our sin, because of our own kingdom, we have rejected Him. And because of our sin, the wrath of God is against us and it is being poured out. But that wrath was absorbed by Christ on the tree. Our baskets should have been filled with the wrath of God. We should not have any light in our lives. There should be complete darkness. But He filled our baskets with His kingdom, with His blessings. And He brings great life to our life and to our community and to the world. And this king went in the ground just like a seed. And his life might have seemed insignificant. And his death might have seemed insignificant. But he went in the ground like a seed. And on the third day, he rose again to bring the kingdom. He rose again to secure the harvest for us. So we can look at this tree and have confidence in the harvest. And this tree also connects us, from, connects us to God. This tree, the cross, as we look at it, we know that our sin has been atoned for. When we repent of our sin, when we repent of our own kingdom and submit to His kingdom, submit to His ways, hold out our baskets and receive from Him and give of ourselves to Him and to the world, we can have this type of reward. So I ask, come and rest under this tree. Come and rest under the cross. Repent of your kingdom where you're playing as the God, where you're playing as the king. And your basket is empty despite all of your knowledge and despite all of your efforts. Come surrender your life to the king and be welcomed by the king. And in conclusion, let's look at the last few verses, verse 33 through 34. 
With many such parables, he spoke the word to them. As they were able to hear it, he did not speak to them without a parable. But privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. And in conclusion, let's remember the scavenger hunt. He spoke in these parables as a way to help them understand and apply as much as possible. Remember the hiddenness is for the purpose of revealing. King Jesus wants the kingdom to be revealed in your life, in our church, and in this world. He wants you to have the guaranteed results. He wants you to have the cosmic rewards. God has designed every aspect of this kingdom to allow as many people as possible to come under its branches, to come underneath the cross. And his explanation here to his disciples was not every, every single detail. At first reading it, that might be how it reads, but what we should understand here is not that he explained every single detail of his teaching and of his life, but that he explained the one primary defining principle, the one primary defining thing, and that is that he is the king, that Jesus himself is the revelation, that Jesus himself secures our victory. Jesus himself secures our reward. And in him, we have a cosmic reward. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your gospel. We thank you for your truths revealed in your word. We thank you that you are the one and only king, that we can have confidence in your kingdom because of your work on the cross, that we, are, we have this beautiful picture here of this tree, and we can praise you and thank you, God. We ask that you would do work in our hearts now, that we would wrestle whether we have actually found ourselves underneath this tree. And that you would build confidence in us to live lives like this, giving of ourselves, because we know there is an eternal reward. We know there is a great reward for us, and we are following in your footsteps, Lord. Would you give us that type of confidence this week to live that way? In your name we pray. Amen.